White Sox fans, welcome into a little off-day edition of Socks on Tap. It's Johnny Nani here alongside Tony Marchese. Tony, how are you doing this fine Thursday evening? Am I doing well? No. The answer to that would be no. Um, am I am I alive? Yes. Did I watch what might go down as one of the worst press conferences in White Sox history today? Absolutely. We're here to talk about it. Johnny, how are you? Um, yeah, I echo your sentiments. It's uh, not been a great day to be a fan of this organization. Not that many days have really been in recent years, though. Um, this Steve just- had a good day. Steve had a good day. How do you have a good day? When they fired Rick and Kenny. Oh, right. Well, that, you know, that was only, by my estimation, 13 hours and 22 minutes worth. So not even a full day. I'm in a full calendar day, but that was last week. This week, the topic, Chris Getz, obviously officially named GM, senior vice president. Uh, we'll get into all of that. Uh, a rare Jerry Reinsdorf sighting. He actually talked to reporters, uh, didn't just say no, um, which I think we fully expected. <laughs> um, so we'll, we'll get into all of that. But before we do, make sure you go check out ONTAP Sports on YouTube. Jump in the comments section. We can feature those right here live on the show. Uh, go check us out over on Facebook, ONTAP Sports Net as well. And... Uh, give us a follow on the socials at Socks on Tap at on Tap Sportsnet. All right, Tony, initial reaction when White Sox made it official this morning. Chris Getz, senior VP, GM, the single decision maker, as they were uh, you know, hoping to have in place by the end of the season. It only took a week, I guess a week and two days after the, the firings of Rick and Kenny Williams. But initial reaction when you saw the news come across this morning. No surprise, no shock, nothing. Uh kind of numb to it at this point, Johnny, as a White Sox fan, this is what was expected. I mean, Bob Nightingale put out his reports um, shortly after Rick and, and Kenny were let go that uh, they were expected to make this move. Uh, we've been talking about this for what feels like a very long time uh, that Chris Gatz was the successor or heir to the throne that was uh, both being sat on by Kenny and Rick at the same time in some weird fashion. Some um, for position too. Yeah. 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 Uh, it, no, they were, they were fine. They were, they were, they were great together, Johnny. Uh, you don't remember that. They were, they were just great. Everything worked out cohesively. Um, I expected this. There was no surprises. Am I upset about it? Absolutely. Do I think that there was an opportunity that was missed by this organization to take a massive step forward into uh, baseball relevancy. Yes. Um, But no, I expected this. So I wasn't angry um, at the fact that he was named GM. I was just a little bit more indifferent and that hurts more than being surprised and shocked and uh, you know, visibly upset by this. It was just another normal day in, in White Sox land. Yeah, it was. I'd say I was annoyed. That'd be a good reaction. Even though I had been preparing for this, um, I as soon as Boob dropped the report, like I said, 13 hours, 22 minutes after the announcement that uh, Rick Hunt and Kenny were fired, that was last Tuesday into Wednesday. Um, as soon as Boob dropped that, I, I was fully prepared. Um, you know, I had that whatever, like Steve, Steve had wrote, wrote about it on tipsportsnet.com, that uh, little 
tiny glimmer of hope, but it was a modicum. That was the operative word there. So um, I fully braced myself. I know some people wanted to get into some of the uh, potential other candidates out there. But as we learned today, um, there were no even interviews because Jerry said he already knew anybody that he was going to interview for it. And uh, he wanted to go with an internal option who already knew. And um, speed is of the essence here. Tony, Jerry wants you to know that speed is of the essence here, but you need to give them some time to get this right. How does that make sense? Speed is definitely of the essence. I think that's why there was such an aggressive timeline to say, hey, we need to have this person in place by the end of the year. Um, And obviously they really beat their timeline here. I think, you know, the the week pause in between everything, it was really clear Although it wasn't said, there was no interim label. There was no, you know, hey, Chris Getz is going to run these things. It was clear. And it was it was made known, though, that he was already pulling the strings as early as last Thursday when they made their first roster moves under him, right? Yeah. I mean, and I think Pedro Grafol even referenced that, you know, he was in charge at this point. By the way, the smile on Pedro Grafol's face today. Just beaming ear to ear. The last time I saw a, a White Sox front office member, member of the coaching staff, smiled that much. It was Rick Hahn when he brought Pedro Grafold to this organization. Um, just this stupid smile. It pissed me off. Um, but, yeah, it was very clear that that Chris Getz was already doing all of this work already uh, the second that Kenny and uh, Hahn were, were shown the door. Yeah, it's been in place. It's been in the works, and obviously in Jerry's mind, uh, with the way that he discussed the way that he discussed it. Um, I know we can get into Chris Getz himself and his comments because, as you said, uh, probably one of the worst press conferences we've seen uh, in a while. It's disastrous all around. But Jerry spoke too, and I do want to get into that because that's rare. Remember the last time uh, that Jerry was approached uh, around the trade deadline and his answer was just no, straight up no in terms of no, I'm not going to talk about whatever's going on here. And then fast forward a couple of weeks, um, moves were made via press release, like, like what, an hour and 15 minutes before a first pitch of a game. That's when the firings happen. Uh, and then this time he actually did. He sat down and talked to reporters before that press conference. And then uh, he also discussed with them, um, he had a little brief, uh, introduction uh, introduction ahead of Chris Getz there. But um, man, it, while these comments were being fired off uh, during his media availability, the rare media availability, um, the White Sox Twitter land, the X machine, what was not too happy. Um, sh- share with me a couple of your favorite highlights there. I, I think the comparison between the speed is of the essence and give us some time was my favorite, but go ahead. What would your takeaways from Jerry here? From Jerry, I, I thought, you know, I had I tweeted something out the other day about how uh, one of Chris Getz's first orders of business as White Sox GM was going to be to address the shooting in the ballpark. And Jerry opens up with these two statements. One is talking about how this year has been an epic disaster, which we all know we're tuned in. We're tuned in. We know that this has been just atrocious baseball You've got all sorts of off the field stuff that that's come out about this organization. I'm sure he's embarrassed by it. Um, he addressed it. I thought that was fine. Then he goes to the, to the shooting incident, which is, man, does anybody know what the fuck happened here? Because contradictory statements, uh, a plenty that come out from, from just that alone. I thought it was yeah. sort of funny that like all of this is happening 
while season ticket renewals are going on. And he has to slip in there. This ballpark is a safe place yeah. to be, you know, while you're also not even maybe a, what is it? A week and a half removed from all the reports of all the other places you want to move your stadium to. I thought that was somewhat comical, but you know, make sure that everybody knows that you're safe in the ballpark and all this other stuff. And then turns around and says, this is about Chris Getz. I fully expected him to say, we are not going to talk about that incident. We're not going to talk about uh, any of that. We'll address that at a separate time when the investigation concludes. Um, you know, he, he talked about how he was able to, you know, get clearance from somebody within CPD to say things that contradicted what is, what's come out from various different outlets within the city. I thought that was a very bold move. Um, just, you know, very interesting, whatever happened there, I'm sure we'll get sorted out, right. We've got total faith <laughs> that, uh, that'll all get yeah. sorted out, but he took the time to actually address these things and then goes and says, you know, this day is about Chris Getz. I thought that was an interesting move because you don't get a lot of Jerry Reinsdorf. You mentioned it's a very rare to hear him get up in, in front of a lot of people, but he took the time to address that situation. And I'm sure that there's reasons why he did, but I thought that it was, it was a very interesting choice to do so. And again, Chris Getz does talk about it later. He is asked by a reporter. Uh, so my tweet did come true. I thought that that was going to sort of nip it in the butt. I don't know if Jerry wanted to, you know, have Chris avoid that from being one of his first uh, tasks as, as, as GM of the Chicago White Sox. But, you know, then there's sort of this other stuff that comes out. I guess he did 30 minutes with the uh, the media beforehand, Johnny. And that's where you get some of these other quotes about, you know, just random Jerry thoughts that uh, – don't really vibe with each other. There's tons of contradiction here on multiple different topics, which just leaves me as a White Sox fan with more questions in my mind. Yeah, right. Um, on that first part, too, it, it was pretty weird in terms of the statement that he made regarding the ballpark incident. And it's just wild to me. How was it Monday? Police have almost completely dispelled the notion that it could have come from outside the ballpark. And then now Jerry turns around here on Thursday and says that it is very much, you know, a possibility that, that, you know, he made it a point in the way that he framed it. Right. He made it a point to say that. And obviously going towards those other reasons that you had mentioned that, Oh, we'll see the ticket rules are up. Got to, you know, uh, remind everybody that the ballpark's a safe place to be, um, all that stuff. So th that in and of itself, I still don't know what the hell is going on details wise in, in that story. Um, but beyond that, um, it, with the other ones, like I talked about the time versus the speed being of the essence and he wanted gets in here because he knew him and it would take another, we say an external, uh, hire a year to learn and get to know and evaluate the organization, and we want to go and put a competitive, you know, the best thing we can do for the fans is go um, and get this thing right for 2024. And then you go and turn around and, you know, talk about the uh, level of spending that you're going to do and quite literally name drops Shohei Otani, the top name on the market that we're not going to be in that race. Okay. I understand that we're in terms of, we're not going to be in that race. I never expected us to be. That's not the issue here. The issue is that you can't talk about that shit ahead of time. Did somebody like pull up like the rules? 
on and like highlighted the section it said you can't like mention specific players or oh you know whatever there are like a few examples of what you can and can't say and whatever technically he's not a free agent yet right because he's with the angels still so maybe there's a technicality within there but still to even go out there and like go and tout that name drop somebody that's that that's just ass nine to me but also not shocking one bit uh given how dysfunctional this organization is it's not shocking at all um but i'm sure he's just trying to get out ahead of the same stuff that that occurred here with manny machado and and bryce harper and the countless names that the white sox we're linked to, but never on Kenny out on the golf cart with the shades in his eyes anymore. Right. Yeah. No. So we're setting very clear expectations here that we're not targeting top baseball talent. It's fucking embarrassing for us as fans for Chris Getz. I mean, he should be rather embarrassed to sit up there after the owner comes out and says, then there was the other statement. I got to pull this one. Yeah. You're talking about, about the, um, he'll have full autonomy over baseball yes. decisions, but except for financial, but any owner reserves the right for that. Right. Which is, that's fair. You don't have to say that though. You yeah. don't have to, you don't have to. Especially for a fan base that is we're in the state that we're in. Right. Yes. Like you don't have to give all of us more ammo open thoughts here for for jerry if he if he does tune into this you know dangle the carrot a little bit more you're you're a great carrot dangler so don't throw us off the ability to think that our team has some shred of hope to compete for this division you're in 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 one breath telling us we're going to compete next year i don't want to rebuild speed is of the essence Fuck the top free agents. We can't go sign them. Well, who the fuck's going to come in here and fix this? There's plenty of holes on this roster. Everybody knows it. If you listen to AJ Przinsky talk about the the Chris Gatt hiring and, you know, the track record. You threw a tweet up there, too, uh, from the Sox on Tap account earlier today with his credentials. The farm system rankings, uh, the bits of information you get from Jay Kuda um, in terms of, you know, the different records uh, of all of the various White Sox farm systems, uh, teams. And there's nothing here that's going to make this team better unless miraculously a bunch of guys have career years. We've relied on this shit and this logic for so damn long. That was the logic entering this year. Then you've got Chris Getz come out there say, I'm different. White Sox fans deserve different. You know what would be fucking different? Spending money on a guy like Shohei Otani. That would be the exact definition of being different from what we've seen year in and year out. So all I heard was, we're the same. We're going to tell you that we're different, but we're still the same. And that gig is up. Everybody fucking knows. Everybody knows. You know it. I know it. Everybody in this city who follows this team knows that nothing's going to change. But don't worry, the ballpark is safe. I'm going to tell you something that I heard from the police superintendent or whoever that I, I can change the whole entire narrative and story on this. It doesn't work. It's it, This press conference, man, was an absolute fucking disaster. All right, Everything I, I about got, it. Yeah, I, I got another bit. Yeah, I, I finally pulled one up here, and I got, I got it word for word. Reinsdorf, friends of mine 
have said, why don't you sell? Why don't you get out? My answer has always been, I like what I'm doing. As bad as it is, and what else would I do? I'm a boring guy. I don't play golf. I don't play bridge. And I want to make it better before I go. As bad as it is, the operative words in that statement, Tony, as bad as it is, as bad as you made it. You had a decision. You could you could operate like Steve Cohen if you want. I understand there, there's not the same level of finances there. But at the same time, if you really, really were committed to, uh, you know, building winter, putting a winning product on, you would go for those Shoei Otani types. You would not shortchange Manny Machado and make it a contingent thing about uh, the length of his deal and when he'd get his money. Um, you'd shell out for Bryce Harper. You wouldn't eliminate yourself from those sweepstakes, right? That that right there is just, you know, a as much as, you know, you see these these types of things, you see billboards that pop up in Bridgeport, all of that. None, none of that shit matters because there there's his, you know, from the, the horse's mouth right there, no intention of it. And he ain't letting go before he, you know, hits the grade. Well, you know, you, you sit there and think about it for a second. Yeah, I'm sure he wants to make it better at some point. But when you look back at some of these deals that fell through, he was directly involved in the Manny Machado sweepstakes in that. As, as is the right of any owner. Well, sure. You can have the right as the owner to, to just, make the I'm decisions just... here. No, you can. You, you can have the right to do it. But you also apparently then inherently have the ability to fuck it up. And that's what he did. And he's done it multiple times. And, you know, knowing that we're already out on that, I didn't expect them to go sign Shohei Otani this offseason. I don't think anybody did. But you want to talk about making this ball club better, go look at this free agent class. I don't know if he scours, you know, baseball reference or Spotrack and looks at any of this data or if he – how he operates behind the scenes. It's not a good free agent class coming, Johnny. Right. It's it's not. It's not a good free agent class. We're also not giving pitchers 10-year deals. Yeah. I don't know. That, does any pitcher out there have a 10-year deal right now? I don't know. Garrett Cole's probably got to be the closest, right? I would think so. I I, yeah. I mean, that that shouldn't exclude you from – just getting up in front of that microphone and saying, we're evaluating things. We're looking at things. I'd rather have the Rick Hahn, the vanilla, lawyers, vanilla like yeah. we're just going to, and not get anything out of it. But every time they open their mouth, it's just more bad. It's more bad. And when you had pointed this out just a few minutes ago, the fan base in the state that it's in, which he acknowledged and he addressed, everybody's yes, pissed. Don't give us more reason to be pissed. I am pissed, Tony. I am. <laughs> it's bad. Okay. Um, the, the worst part is that you can just cite so many examples going back just based on track record. Action. Action speaks louder than words, right? So while you're not saying the right things, you might not be a uh, perfect at handling the, the media in terms of knowing what to say and saying it suavely, right? Um, you, you could go that route, like you said, and have the um, less... Uh, I don't know, egregious statements. That's the word I'm looking for. Egregious is what they are. And Jerry Reinsworth provided a plethora of those. Um, let's get on to the next one, though. You talk about, uh, we, you know, said you'd rather have a little bit of the vanilla there. Uh, not that this was totally in that camp, but uh, Chris Getz did not come out and say explicitly that he won't be signing Joey Otani. So he didn't get into specifics on that. Uh, but he did use a lot of terminology in terms of, um, 
they're going to be evaluating a lot of things this offseason and by any means necessary. Um, I guess not that exact term, but you, you know what I'm saying? Look at different things to improve this club going forward. Th- th- there was a lot of that coming from Chris Getz's mouth. Your, your impressions of him uh, as he was introduced as a Sox new GM. If I had a dollar for every time he licked his lips during the press conference, I could quit my job. That was my first impression. Second thing, if I had an additional 50 cents for every time he said he needed to sit down with Pedro Grafol to fully understand what was going on, I mean, then I, I, I would just be able to retire on a nice island and play golf every day. Jesus, man. You've been with this organization for how long? The generalities that were spoken about having to learn different departments, sitting down with Pedro, all this, it sounded to me like there was no plan. He's got no plan. I, I go back to Texas just did a, a, a front office overhaul. So did Detroit. In both of those press conferences where an owner was speaking, I thought they did a very good job instilling a sense of confidence within their fan base that they knew people were upset with the results on the field. People were upset with how the trajectory of the team was going and that they were bringing somebody in that was going to have a different voice. Chris came out there and said that, but then also went about it, in my opinion, in a way that didn't give you much hope instilled outside of we're going to be better next year, but we don't know how I still need to have those conversations. I still need to sit down with Pedro and figure out, you know, what he thinks. And to me, he deflected a lot to Pedro Grafol. Yeah. And that scares the living shit out of me as a White Sox fan that we're our GM is going to go in here. This was, Unless Chris Getz comes out and says, you know what? I was part of the reason that Pedro Grafol was brought here last season. I was part of that hiring process. He was my, I would rather him say that than, well, he's going to be back next year because this team needs stability. You're already at a point of turmoil. Rip it the fuck down or give me a reason of why Pedro Grafol deserves to be here because the on-field display has been Worse than what White Sox fans have been complaining about for the past four years. Longer than that. So let's put him under a microscope. There's no reason that Grafol should be even in that press conference smiling about how great this is for him. It's sickening. This makes me more worried. So when I go back and I think about other teams that have had these press conferences where Every you know, nobody's untouched or, or untouchable and fucking I'm going to go in here and we're going to do this a different way. It was all bland vanilla stuff. We're going to use analytics. We're going to, you know, sit down with Pedro. We're going to uh, talk to the scouting department. We're going to look at all these things. Man, you've been here for so fucking long. You should know how this fucking circus operates. Yeah. You should know that nobody wants to hear that come out of your mouth. So, yep. Yeah, uninspiring. Yeah, great is, points there. And I, I want to touch back on the uh, using the uh, I'm going to meet with Pedro and evaluate and all this as a crutch for, you know, basically getting him through these questions that were being uh, lobbed his way. And 
think about all the times that White Sox fans have clowned Pedro Grifol. And sure, some of that's just being, you know, upset with the results on the field and, you know, hearing platitude, empty platitudes, right, uh, in the same kind of just coach speak and very generic sort of things. Yes, that's all part of it. However, Pedro Grifol has shown results-wise, decisions-wise, both personnel, uh, in-game management, things like that, that he is not the best evaluator for this, this type of stuff. Uh, when, when he talks about certain players, I mean, I'm sorry, can, can someone just say Tim Anderson sucks this year and we're, you know, we are going to do our best to, you know, try and help him, but like, can we stop with like the, oh, like, you know, finding the silver linings? I get it. You don't want to rip a guy to the media, but just if I was being real with myself and wanted like a real evaluation from Pedro Grifol, I don't trust that I'm going to get it because just the other day he talked about being happy with the offense. I always say, I love what we've done offensively or something like that. And sure, he scored 10 runs that game. So if you're referring to that specifically, okay. Um, but overall, you're looking at strides of it. It's like, what are they like? fourth worst team in terms of a fourth worst record overall that's the results that matter but then beyond that when you go like weighted runs created plus and get a little bit into these analytics that chris gets is going to use so much the white Sox suck right now as is and there's still guys that are potentially going to be around next year i get it you can't go and replace the whole fucking team that's impossible in one off season here um but the, a lot of the guys that are core guys, and I know Chris Getz also kind of dodged that question. They're not getting the job done at the level they should. <laughs> Yohan Makata, <laughs> Tim Anderson this year, Eloy Jimenez. You could go down the list. Basically, anyone not named Luis Robert. I mean, shit. It, it's Pedro Grifol is going to give you evaluations on those guys. Um, I feel like we're going to be stuck with a lot of the same next year. That's what it feels like. You know what's really interesting? I feel like they'd be better off if Chris Getz himself just went out there and played fucking shortstop at this point next season. What was you your know, tweet? It, will Tim Anderson finish with more home runs than Getz had in what was that? What year? 2009. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if you go back and you look at Chris Getz 2009, I mean, Tim Timmy is sitting there, I don't know, it was somewhere around like minus 1.6 B-War. I think Getz was – uh 0.03 B war and hit two home runs. It'll be interesting to see if our current shortstop can out Homer Chris Gatz's 2009 season. I mean, that's yeah. saying something here. Yeah. Right. So um, it, also in that breath, while we're just on the subject of Pedro Griffel, Gatz did confirm that he'll be back. So um, while not entirely shocking, because I believe the term is three years on that deal. Um, and then he cited the, you know, our guys need stability so they can focus on baseball because that's what matters. And yeah, get it. Players should be focused on baseball, not learning the names of the new front office people. Sure. Does it matter if they know the names? The guy who's the yeah, best player matter. on this team didn't fucking know is, who the bench coach this was. This is what Chris gets cited. I'm just telling you. I'm just telling you. I know. You. Yeah. I know. But it's, it's funny to me that the guy who's the best player on this team didn't even know the bench coach. Yeah, right. And we we we're worried about you know people knowing each other. Oh, man, I don't think Pedro Grifol. Le- Here's the one that gets me, and this just popped in my head. The the talk about the AL Central from Guts. That was another said, crutch. It's you know the the elephant in the room here is that we yeah. play in the AL Central. What are we doing? What are we doing with that? That's a crutch. It's another you, crutch. And you're it's playing the AL Central right now, and you're and, still one of the worst teams in baseball. 
Right. And you're also just bringing the bar down so low. And granted, it's not been very high um, just in terms of talent and what the last two years have brought about in on-field results. But you're bringing the bar so low with that. It's like, okay, if I'm starting at this new job, this new position here, um, you're probably wanting to set a high standard in terms of we're going to operate at, you know, such and such level. I mean, shit, go back and look at Pedro Grafol's press conference. You said all the right things, look right? Rick Hans Granted, it, it didn't. It didn't. I mean, look, ask me after it, the parade. It, it, it didn't. It didn't. Ask me after the parade. That's what it didn't play said. out. But say the White Sox were on top of this division and they were kicking ass night to night. That clip would probably not be used as a meme. And it would be like, wow, the White Sox actually prepared and we're kicking everyone's ass tonight. And Pedro Grafol set that standard at the top, so good for him. Now it's just, oh, we think we can squeak in because we play in the AL Central. We can squeak in every year. <laughs> That's the bar that they've set. And it's sad. It's very sad, okay? This is this is what we live with. This is what we talk about on here, on this show. That 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 shouldn't be the case. You know, right before we hop on here, I'm out talking to my neighbor. He's just as livid as everybody else is. He's got like a, you know, a decorative stone out in front of his house. Socks will go on. He's like, I just want to put this away for a long time. I don't think I've seen. You didn't get out or... the sledgehammers with him? No, Break I had to come baby on. Open? <laughs> I had to come on the show. So maybe I'll hop back out there afterwards and we can go destroy it in the middle of the street. But. I don't think I've seen this level of embarrassment and disdain for your own favorite team from a fan base in a very long time. Look at the, look at the Chicago bears, right? Like they haven't won shit in forever. And every year bears fans wake up, throw on their Jay Cutler Jersey and say, we're going to go to the fucking super bowl. Like we don't even have fans that are like next year can be the year. This isn't even the Chicago Cubs where before they won the World Series, it was, well, there's always next year. We used to fucking make fun of them about that shit. That was like the whole fucking thing that we were able to say, oh, well, they're always talking about there might be next. We don't even have next year. We have nothing. Nothing. There's This is as low as you can get as a sports franchise. That's disturbing. And the lack of self-awareness that they have when they talk about, oh, well, we're in a bad division, so we can – you know, sneak in makes you want to just look at him and say, go fuck yourself for yeah. a second here, because yeah, I, that's not what the trajectory is. That's not right. what the plan should be. It should be. We're going to win the AL central because it's easy to win the AL central. And we've got the best farm system and we've got the best player development people. And we've got the best manager choice that we possibly can have as a big market team. And we're going to go, run this thing for the next 10 years. And that's what they tried to do and set it up to do. And the more you go back, I like, I, I almost wish Rick Hahn was still here. Should have just gotten rid of Kenny Williams. Oh God. Um, that's I, I, I where I'm at as a White Sox fan. Yeah. You're talking about, you know, that, that level of like not liking this hire, but I, I want to just address because I did see some things and they were few and far between. And, and this isn't, and if you hold this opinion, it's not an attack against you, but I just want to give some insight to anyone who may say, okay, well, give him a chance or, 
Um, there's, you know, he doesn't have a track record. Yeah, he very much does have a track record within the White Sox organization, being the head of player development for, what, seven years? Okay, A, just look at the MLB talent that's there and how many guys have been homegrown White Sox players that have come through. Anybody who's worth a damn shipped off, right, and that being only one Chris Sale, right? I guess Carlos Rodon turned it on at the very end, but even he had his injury issues. And There's a number of things that have gone wrong here. You've had rush developments of, just talking major league roster. We have had rush developments of Andrew Vaughn, half a season of minor league experience. I know COVID did throw things off a little bit there. Garrett Crochet has not seen a minor league inning ever. Um, maybe he will next year. Uh, I don't know. Who knows? Can I think he, he claims he wants rehab assignments. Claim other than that. Yeah, claims he wants to. Uh, you know, come out here. You know. Uh, but that one, once again, circumstances with COVID. All right, let's go look at other things here. One thing that I pointed out um, was the, as of August 29th, organizational run differential. It's all levels, MLB down to low A. White Sox minus 701. Okay. That's 30th out of 30 among all organizations there. Um, that's bad. That's a bad reflection on the farm director. Chris Getz was the farm director that assembled all of that talent because sure, you could say, oh, just one wave and it's only one year here. Well, this is a culmination, guys that have been in the system for multiple years. How many years have you heard about, you know, Brian Ramos, Jose uh, Rodriguez, you know, any of these, Popeye Rodriguez, right? Down at Double uh, A. Um, you, you've got the Charlotte Knights. I, I had to go and look this up, Tony. How many wins do you think the Charlotte Knights have this year? Well, I know triple A seasons are like split, right? They right. No, it's they, no, it's not, it's not split, but I thought they, they have like a, a spring season and a fall season. No, 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 no. That that's uh that used to be a short season for low A, but that's that's eliminated now. Uh, how many wins get... how many wins do you think that they've played I don't know, probably what like fifty five ish games here? For triple A Charlotte? Yeah. 16, 15, 20 wins, 11, 11 wins. Yeah. And that well, is that's... your next level. And I understand triple A is not, you know, everyone says double A is really the place where the talent is. Uh, the Birmingham Barons are also under 500 there. Not saying the team mm -hmm. record is reflection of exactly what's happened, but we've seen this movie before. We've seen guys come through and not be ready when they come here. And what are is... you telling me that we're not going to have a Shard Knights weekly playoff? <laughs> Unfortunately, no. Podcast this That's, year, their their elimination number is four Shit. right now, and they play into the third week of September. I had to go and look at this stuff, but this is all just a reflection back on Chris Getz. You can't say he has no track record here. There is operations that were run by him within the organization, and those operations have failed very much. So, talk about international free agents. Remember uh, Norie Vera, Yoelki Cespedes. Mm -hmm. Jim Callis, the athletic, believes that both of those guys are already bust outs, not performing at all. There's a reason why you haven't seen their grainy highlights anywhere, right? One of the that things has Chris, Chris Getz's Getz, fucking hands all over it. One of the things Chris Getz mentioned in terms of, you know, uh, how we're going to, you know, he couldn't get into specifics, but it, it, one of the things that he could touch on since he was a farm director was various levels of the farm and, you know, Dominican scouting one of them that's not very good even if they were good ball players once you came over here something went awry within the system who has had a player development 
this all just goes back to make my point because you know the answer. Everyone knows the answer. It was Chris Getz. That's what he oversaw. No GM experience. Failed in his task here. And he gets a promotion to the big chair. Make me sick. Johnny, we love players who come up immediately and and rake. At they only exist you... on other teams. Why don't the White Sox have guys that come up and rake? Because of the guy who was just named senior VP and assistant GM. So I how do you... Settler was there for part of that shit. There, there's plenty of deflections that can be thrown in this mix, but look at this. They didn't have any supplementary pieces come up throughout the window and really make an impact. Jake Berger didn't start really until last year at points this year. Gavin Sheets was like a little flash in the pan. He's not even playing on this dog you shit bring, team. You bring up Jake Berger, though, for one second. Let's stop and think about this. If you can think of one White Sox development story that this franchise has had in the last 10 fucking years, Jake Berger is the pinnacle guy, right? Like, he is the guy. First-round draft pick, yeah, he should be good, but he had multiple injuries, had to work his way up through the farm system, comes up to the big leagues, mashes home runs, gets traded. The the, the dysfunction here is unbelievable. He could have been the guy. He could have been Chris Getz's at least, like, here, I'm going to present you my credentials. Look at what our system did with Jake Berger. We're looking to do that for more players. No, they traded yeah. him fucking two weeks before you go and name gets the GM. He's probably one of the only guys that you can sit there and say, where, and it, it, maybe he did it in spite of the White Sox right. farm system. Who knows? But at least you can say he was a positive throughout that development track. But you know, we sit here on this website and we write articles about White Sox fourth, fifth, sixth round draft pick. And there's other outlets that do the same thing. Do any of those guys ever pan out unless they're traded somewhere else? Very rarely. And, you know, it, the MLB draft is so deep in terms of I know it used to be even longer, but even 20 rounds. Shit, you're you're looking at even I mean, a lot of first rounders don't, don't even pan out, but it gets even thinner throughout those latter rounds there. So you, if you want to bring up somebody like, dude, look at, uh, just look at for the Dodgers. I want to say he was seventh or eighth round pick James Outman. He is a fucking everyday baller, legitimate contributor on a contender. But it's actually no one like that emerged through the ranks here. And that's his fingerprints on. I want to bring up one other thing, Johnny. And for some reason, I have to make a Blackhawks reference on every show I do with you. It's, it's probably because we do four feathers together. But I don't buy into the notion that bringing in, you know, another GM can really throw a wrench in things. And I know Kyle Davidson was with the Blackhawks, but I'm comparing the two things here, uh, the Hawks organization and the White Sox in, in terms of these hires. Davidson gets promoted into the chair and starts to make an immediate impact. And I'm going to judge this move the same way. If Jerry is really serious about Chris Gatz is going to make an immediate impact, the level at which he should be judged next year, since they've already taken 
full rebuild off the table, which I think was a dumb move. Really dumb move by Jerry and Getz to go into this press conference and say, we're going to compete next year. If you look across town to, you know, one of the tenants in the building that Jerry Reinsdorf has another organization in, they did, the Words family did not tell Davidson, here's how we're going to do this and, you know, get this back to relevancy this year. Look at what's happened over there. Yes, I know White Sox fans just went through this whole last rebuild and have sucked for a couple of years to get to the point where they can semi-compete and then now we're worse than we were when we were rebuilding to sit there and think that this organization is going to be able to turn it around within next year because they have to make the playoffs next season that's it or bust and that's going to be on the resume of chris gets and how fans are going to view him immediately out of the gate yeah. the way the blackhawks did it is they put everything into davidson said okay you run it and i think from a from a fan buy-in standpoint, letting him operate the way that he did over the last year, look how much credit the guy has. Yeah. No, he hasn't won anything. I don't think as a Blackhawks fan you're sitting there saying Kyle Davidson is, you know, a god or he's the greatest GM in, in Blackhawks history. No, it doesn't have to be that way. But this doesn't even look at all like he has any autonomy over anything, even though Jerry says oh, well, the only thing that he can't do is is spend money without my oversight on it. I don't know, man. It's They're both professional sports right. organizations. That's a... You're already setting this guy up for failure. Yeah, the, the, I think that's the perfect way to put it. And the way that you framed it, um, I obviously can relate, uh, being a Blackhawks fan as well there. Um, but it, it's as much as we want to rag Chris Getz as I just did and threw him through the ringer, through all of the development failures that I had just listed previously. Um, if you were trying to give him a fair shot, you have already taken that off the table. You've not given him a fair shot um, operating under this regime, which is here. And I think you look at drawing, you know, kind of comparisons and doing a little contrast between these organizations that we're discussing here. Um, the Blackhawks were in a rut because of a operation sort of setup that had been in place and had just been patchwork year over year, right? And it needed to be uprooted, removed, and replaced. And that resulted in a rebuild. And I know some White Sox fans have been, you know, adamant about strip it down, all that. Should it, I don't know if that's the answer right now because I fucking hate rebuilds. So just put my hand up, and I was honestly kind of had a small little grin when I did see that this is not a rebuild because I I don't know that word just has scarred me. I think. However, you need to give your guy options to operate it as he sees fit, and Chris Getz already behind the eight ball on that. So even if you want to give him a fair shot, just go. No need to go and look any further. And who's in the owner's box because that's the one who's really called the shots. Yeah. And I don't think he's really qualified to be calling those shots at this point. I mean, the results have not been there. If you want to be the owner and operate as the GM, by all means, you're the owner. You can spend the money how you want to. Don't have a figurehead out here to tell us what's going on. And if you don't want to face the press, 
over and over again and answer the hard questions, let your guy do his job. I think that's really what the problem is. We've seen this now through multiple different front offices, not as not not as many as we probably should have because lifetime contracts and all that other nonsense. But man, there is not a lot to look forward to here. And the future seems very bleak. And the reason yep. I, I brought that up is because like you should have at least allowed gets to go in there and say, we're going to evaluate potentially tearing this down. And when you say stuff like no one on the roster is untouchable, that's normally what teams will say when you're about to embark on, you know, a potential rebuild. I don't know if the PR people were telling them stay away from this, you know, don't use the word rebuild. I don't see viable pass to baseball relevancy next year outside of some right. fluke. That don't that does not involve spending ridiculous amounts of money that pushes this team past its top payroll that it's ever seen. Could I be wrong? Sure. That's why I'm not the GM of the Chicago White Sox or any other baseball organization for that matter. But I mean, shit, dude. Like, at least give him some room to say, we're gonna evaluate everything. We're not ready to declare what this is yet. It's my first day. Let me evaluate yeah. things, which he tried to that, tow around, be, but they already said the words. Yeah, it, it would be more fair. Already to him. said the words. It would be more fair to him, but his boss basically didn't let that happen. Yep, I, I agree there. Let's. I want to talk just short-term future here. Based on what you saw today and how he carried himself and all of that, because this kind of shit, this presentation matters, right? You, we had talked about this being a disastrous organization. You talked about looking at his lips, and at one point, he fucked up what he was reading on the little iPad teleprompter that they had, all that kind of stuff. Will Chris Getz command any respect when he goes to make moves this offseason, whether that be trades, whether that be meeting with free agents potentially to sign, granted a weak crop, but still, there are players out there that, that will be looking for new contracts. How do you think the perception is going to be of Chris Getz here? Um, will he have any power? Can he pull a, a rabbit out of his hat uh, without, you know, basically just wowing with uh, the most money? Because, you know, that's basically off the table here. I, I don't really have much confidence in it. Um, but whereas prior, I don't uh, you know, Rick Hahn, the results speak for themselves. But I feel like he at least could command that situation a little bit more competently. I guess I need you to clarify from the fans, people like us. You're a rival executive. Chris Getz calls you up, wants to get rid of, say, whatever. They did their evaluations with Pedro. Certain players need to go. We're trying to work a trade because we can't do everything via free agency this offseason. Are you laughing in, in the phone and then putting it down? Because Probably. Kind of, yeah. Yeah, that, no, that's that's, that's exactly what I'm going I'm to. I'm, yeah. I'm, going to the, I'm going to the scene in Moneyball, man where Billy Bean walks into the front office in Cleveland and I'm laughing you out the door, you know, maybe he can turn around and, and make some things and magic happen, but it's going to have to be something wild and, and, and off the beaten path to go bring this to relevancy because every other GM has to be out there laughing at this. Yeah. That's my that's my initial evaluation to it, right? Like, what other GM that's out there? And AJ Przinsky sort of said this on Foul Territory today. Like, what team was looking for Chris Getz to come in? Yeah, 
<laughs> that, that Northwestern was, that was baseball segment. in the in, yeah. in the midst of their crisis. And that was for coach, his right? Yeah, right. As, as, a, no as an on the field coach, yeah. maybe I'd feel better if they said, "All right, Pedro's gone too, and Chris Getz is going to come in here and coach." We're going through a rebuild. He's going to be a rebuild. That might be different. It might be a different story. I'm still going to be bad at it. But to be the GM, my qualifications going into this, Johnny, were somebody that has done this before. Yes. You have a first-year manager, Yep. a first-year GM with bad track records following them around, players that are – in a clubhouse that's been reported as terrible in terms of culture. I know you hate that word. The word vomit. Yeah. What culture do you instill when you haven't been there and done that as someone in that position? I'll probably get crucified for this, but that's why I liked the TLR hire at the time was because it was at least somebody who had been there and done that. I think yeah. that's why people gravitate towards, why do you want Ozzie Guillen back? Well, it's somebody that fucking cares about the White Sox organization, understands the pride and the traditions and the things that go on here, knows what the city of Chicago wants, knows what the fans want. Um, you can take everything else in there and, and put it into consideration, but <laughs> I keep going back to the statements. The fans deserve better. They need something different. I'm different. How? That's my question. How are you different? What is going to set you apart? The rival GMs are going to look at this and say, who the fuck is this guy? You would like, has he, has he negotiated a trade before? Yeah. Has he dealt with signing a big name free agent? Has he dealt with navigating a trade deadline when your team is competing or when your team on the opposite end of it is trying to get better for next season? Those are things that he's going to have to learn over the course of the year. So no, Jerry, in my opinion, hiring a first-time guy is going to set you back a year because he needs to learn all this shit yep. in practice and yep. learn how to navigate it and then say, oh, I fucked up here. I can do this better next year. Yep. Flies, or, right, flies I, right in the face of speed is of the essence, Jerry's own words. Yes. That's my big problem with this. I wanted somebody who's done this before, who knows how to navigate these things for better or for worse. Not somebody who's trying to learn on the job to figure all this stuff out as his first time as a, as a major league general manager. And it doesn't help that he's got a crop of shit um, of players to work with. Just call it like it is. You see, I've heard rumors, just rumblings, sources, that Eloy Jimenez won't be on this team next year. For example, trying to go and ship him off. Sure, he could probably execute a trade, but you're probably not bringing great value back within that. But if the goal then is to compete in 2024, this is just a hypothetical. The goal, right, is stated today, compete in 2024, and we're going to exhaust options to improve this ball club over the winter. Okay, that may be one that you do. 
say you're going to trade Eloy Jimenez. How do you extract the best value first time around? Just fucking firing into the dark. That's what I don't. I like that's I think a perfect situational sort of reference for why White Sox fans have absolutely no hope at this point. That's right. Because you you can't you, you there's no way that you can uh, extract the most value out of any of these guys. Most of them are coming off of injury plagued. Rick Hahn's not here anymore, so we could say it. Eloy Jimenez is injury prone. Guys like Tim Anderson have missed a ton of time, gone down in value. He might not be part of this team next year because they don't, you know, pick up an option. You need a shortstop. You need potentially a DH, which is something I never thought that I would say because you traded away Jake Berger. You might get rid of Eloy Jimenez. Um, I don't right. think I'm that... just using that as hypothetical, but yeah, no, you're, you're right. Seriously, let's let's think possible, about it this way. possible holes. You, you yeah. ship yeah. him off. Is Gavin Sheets your everyday DH next year? Because he's not getting enough at bats to even do anything yeah. right now. I'm sorry, he's not. Man, off the off the side, the White Sox Twitter account goes and runs a Gavin Sheets in Baltimore promo. I don't think the dude saw one fucking at bat in his hometown. Yeah, I can't remember. I don't think he saw one at bat in his hometown. And they're doing a video about how much it means to him to be in Baltimore and the home runs he hit last year and all this other stuff. I thought that was an odd. 2021. (laughs) I thought that was an odd way to run that. Yeah, they've been doing that for anybody who returns to their hometown. They did it with Vaughn and San Francisco, Cease and uh, Georgia. Well, Lucas Giolito went back to his hometown and they didn't even want him there either. So that's different. That's a different story. Right, right. All right. Um, we're about just wrapping up here on Socks on Tap. We, we appreciate everybody tuning in. Once again, you can find us on YouTube at ONTAP Sportsnet, uh, on the socials at Socks on Tap and at ONTAP Sportsnet. And as always, ONTAPSportsnet.com. Let's boil it down. Just some final thoughts today. Uh, re- reaction to this. I think we fleshed it out pretty well in some specifics there, Tony. But just a final thought. Just sum it up nicely for me here. Well, my final thoughts are when when Pedro and, and Chris sit down tonight and they look over what the media says about uh, the press conference and everything, Pedro is going to look them in the eye and say, just flush it, man. First one, we'll get them tomorrow. That's how this organization is going to continue to run until proven otherwise. Yep, that's uh, spot on right there. Uh, my final thought would be this. It's not going to happen, as we just heard from Jerry's mouth today. But uh, the contradictory statements are, you just give us way too much ammo. It's unbelievable. Um, I'll give this team credit that they, despite being um, as dismal as they are on the field, they're always in the headlines, always in the headlines for some sort of nonsense uh, going on uh, related to the team, related to the front office, related to the ballpark experience. It's never ending, seemingly. So um, we, we thank you for the headlines. You can go read about them over at ondabsports.com. Um, But other than that, I'm uninspired. Uninspired, but not surprised. So we'll leave it at that for this one. Thanks for tuning in on the off day here. For everyone at Socks on Tap, White Sox forever. They somehow figured out a way to make me miss Rick Hahn. White Sox forever. <laughs>